20th Century Fox would like to introduce you to Pee Wee and his pals. Big and Mother. Tommy, Mickey, Tim. What's going tonight, right? I don't know. And the biggest man on campus. Why do they call you meat? Because it's so big? When they're not in class, they're into everything. But what they'd like to get into most is a place called Porky's. I left my idea. Here, use this one. That's my Bible school card. Unfortunately, we can only show you the outside of Porky's. Because what goes on inside is not to be believed. Boy, the locker room. Oh, it turned me on. We'd like to show you more of the locker room, but this kind of physical education just isn't taught. We can't show you more of the shower scene. Because what they're looking at isn't watered down. They want us to look. They want us to look. Porky. You too will be back for a second look. It's Pool Scene Podcast time again. Last week, we offered up the definitive We Are the World episode for our Swim Meet series. Back to movies this week. I'm Kevin, joined by Jim. Jim, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Weather's getting weird again, but whatever. And we're thankful to be joined by a special guest this week, creator and star of YouTube series American Zennial. We have Michael Kalenich. Mike, how are you? Hey, great. Thanks for having me. Youngstown Comedy Syndicate's own, everybody. Yes. yes. We, uh, we've we had success in the past with the uh, Youngstown Comedy Syndicate guys. Liller, Shane. Liller, yeah, Shane. And now go. Mike's going to join us and... He watched uh, this week's movie with us so that he can chime in. And You know what, Mike? After watching the movie again, after we've reminisced of our childhoods, watching this movie and not quite understanding what the hell most of the, the terminology was, if you were one character in that movie, who would you lean towards? Now, nowadays, Whoa. who would you be? Whoa. Yeah, think about it. I always thought I'd be more of the peewee guy because I was always the horny kid who always woke up with a boner, didn't have sex at all. Yeah, honestly, uh, probably peewee. Yeah, Pee-wee is the most identifiable to me. Just that nerdy guy who wants to glom on with everybody else and go, hey, hey, there's pussy there, right? We're going to get some. She's so hot. That's what me, man. I'd probably be the gym teacher trying to find out why the girl's gym teacher was called Lassie. <laughs> you were Roy. Yeah. We take the Wayback Machine 40 years in the past to 1981 to discuss Porky's Year directed my by Bob Clark. Bob Clark, weird filmography, directing Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, the original Black Christmas, but also A Christmas Story and Baby Geniuses. So weird. Bob Clark based uh, this movie on his high school experiences in the 50s. Pretty much every studio turned down Porky's. Shame on them because the money ended up breaking in. Right. So Clark took the idea up north to Canada where the movie was filmed and they were able to obtain government tax benefits, basically making the movie a tax shelter despite its success. Speaking of Porky's success, Jim, tell us how successful Porky's was at the box office, along with budget and how we were living in 1981, including number one song, number one movie at the time. So we have a weird thing with Porky's. This will be the first on the show. Porky's was released initially on November 13th, 1981 
to two cities, Colorado Springs, Colorado, and Columbia, South Carolina. And then it received a wide release in Canada and the U.S. on March 19th, 1982. However, everybody, we were calling this a 1981 movie. That's when it debuted. How crazy is it? Like, you'll be 40 this year. And I'm a couple couple years away. Mike, you're how old again? 41. 41. So we're we're all... You know, yeah. at that age or approaching and Same wheelhouse yeah. now studios they don't do things like this anymore there's no, no slow rollouts no there are we need to know that this is going to be a success before the movie's released and they do a wide release and that's how you end up with these bombs where movies are two and three hundred dollar two and three hundred million dollar budgets and then they make fifty million dollars it's so weird looking into this though i could not figure out the reason why colorado springs and columbia were the two cities picked for a rollout you're thinking of a sex comedy in 81 one of the last places I'm thinking is south of the Mason-Dixon. Highest per capita of high school, horny high school boys. <laughs> they were jerking off. They wanted titties. They wanted the whole smash. However, Porky's had a budget of $5 million. That's it. Ended up racking in $160 million. Yes. yes. This was a unbelievable, not expected smash success. New story for Mike. I know you were a big follower of this man. New Zealand's general election won by ruling National Party and Prime Minister Robert Muldoon. You remember Muldooney? Why don't I? (laughs) In relation to the movie we covered, porn star John Holmes was arrested on fugitive charges. Big Dick himself. Mm -hmm. The man. Yeah, the man who was a porn star staple next to the hedgehog creep bag himself, Ron Jeremy. My grandma liked to use the term wad quite a bit. Wad? Yeah, that's what I, I guess. Like he had they, a big wad? Well, no, like, like, yeah, just she Slime would wad. she would show me a sandwich. They looked like a fella shot his wad on the sandwich. <laughs> As in that. I did not think yes. you were going there like, come. Yeah, no, yes, like come. Okay. Wow. I that just... was her terminology. Wad. Wow. I don't even know where you can go from that, but speaking of a guy who was known for his massive missile, in Geneva, representatives from the U.S. and the Soviet Union began to negotiate intermediate-range nuclear weapon reductions in Europe. The meetings ended inconclusively on December the 17th. In sports, what was that? Oh, that was your favorite movie. What up, George? Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael, and welcome to The Sports Machine. Now, everything here, when it comes to sports, we have to mention Cleveland. We're big Cleveland Browns fans. Browns quarterback Brian Seip, head of the Cardiac Kids, set a club record by being intercepted six times on the same day. Chargers quarterback Dan Fouts threw six touchdowns against the Oakland Raiders. So it was a weird six and six dichotomy. Never happened before in NFL history. In baseball, one of the players that for some reason I was completely obsessed with when I was a little kid, I had to have his starting lineup figures. I had to have all his cards. There was this card in the late 80s. It was a bigger card, but it had like a record player element. So there was a player and it would give you all of his stats. L.A. Dodgers starter Fernando Valenzuela becomes the first major league rookie to win a Cy Young Award. And Milwaukee Brewers Raleigh Fingers takes the American League. Cy Young Award. So oh Raleigh and Fernando. Yeah. Go figure on that. But I don't know why the hell I was a big Fernando well, Valenzuela fan. We talked about fan. David Justice before. I thought you were going to say David Justice, but then. Yeah, no. Fernando Valenzuela. In football, former Miami Dolphin Mercury Morris is sentenced to 20 years of drug trafficking, conspiracy, and possession of cocaine. And then on March 6, 1986, his conviction was overturned by the Florida Supreme Court because evidence he had offered to prove his entrapment defense had been excluded under a mistaken characterization of hearsay. 
AKA, they, he was on the undefeated Super Bowl Dolphins team yep. and they threw him a bone. Yeah, pretty much. Morris was granted a new trial. He was able to reach a plea bargain with the prosecutor resulting in his release from prison on May 23rd, 1986 after serving three years in the prison. Still pops the champagne every time an undefeated team loses. Yeah, especially when New England lost in the Super Bowl, thanks mm-hmm. to David Tyree's helmet. Mm-hmm. The number one song in the United States of America, Olivia Newton-John, Physical. Wow. I know Mike just rewatched this entire music video and it was very transformative. It was awesome. It was pretty hot. I mean, ONJ did not get enough credit for the time, but she was sexy dame. (laughs) The number one movie in America was a movie in which not that many people watched it, but it did hit number one time bandits. Oh, okay. Time Bandits wow. was the number one movie in America at this time. I can't believe that. Yeah, I know. Of all things, it was only number one for two weeks. But Time Bandits made its mark on this date in 1981, and that's all that was going on at this time of November of 1981. All right, let's use our fake IDs and get into the plot of Porky's. Yeah. I will say Porky's plot is... I mean, it's a very simple plot with kind of just a bunch of other stuff going on in between. Horny kids, wanting to get laid, misadventures, bam. Yeah, so I'll try and wrap it up best I can. It's 1954. Wrap it up like a condom. There you go. It's 1954, and there's a pact amongst a group of high school boys to lose their virginity. Their immediate idea is to go to a strip club in the Everglades called Porky's, where they can hire a prostitute to complete their sexual conquest. Cherry Forever. Cherry Forever. Which is a good name. God, it's a great name. Gentlemen, this is Miss Cherry Forever. Porky's takes the boys' money, but ends up pranking them and dumping them in the swamp. Porky's brother is the sheriff, and then he extorts the rest of their money. The sheriff of a fake little town called Wallace Town. Yes. A member of the group, Mickey, returns to Porky's vowing revenge, but is beaten badly, and I think he's hospitalized. He's hospitalized, but we need to do an addendum with Mickey. He is also, just like Tim Cavanaugh, who we'll meet later, extremely racist. Oh, yeah. Extremely racist. Yeah, which we will chalk up to this being the 50s although the movie was made in the 80s so therefore they south of the mason dixon could have removed the racism yeah and then the second one we'll briefly talk about the ku klux klans in the second one so <laughs> hey, whatever yeah so mickey's hospitalized the boy's entire focus becomes getting revenge on porky and his brother as jim said there's a lot of high school type hijinks in this movie spying on girls in the shower where one of the boys puts his love dart through a glory hole where the girl's coach grabs it and then wants a police sketch artist to identify it. Which is a great classic scene. In the end, the boys essentially sink or pull down Porky's establishment. Logic They demolish issue. it, yeah. And then they lead the Porky and his brother who hops in Porky's car. They lead him on a chase across the county line. And basically all is forgiven, I guess, because the boys are across county line yeah. and they're minors, basically. Yeah, eye for an eye. It's a wash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a wash. Hey, we just pulled down your entire uh, source of We destroyed of income. your establishment. People probably could have died in there, too. Some rednecks, the but, shitty but, band behind the bar. But, hey, we weren't allowed to be in there, and you smashed our headlights. Yeah, so. and I got wet. Fuck you. Yeah, so fuck your livelihood. Uh, <laughs> let's get into the characters. Let's um, do it. 
no names really in this movie as a lot of far unknowns as, at yeah, the time. but we had the, the group Pee Wee, Billy, Tommy, Mickey, Tim, Meat. Yeah, Anthony, Meat, Tuparello. Yeah, and then they have a counterpart, female, which is Wendy. Wendy Williams. She's uh, the original Wendy Williams. Yeah, she's a good sport. She, despite their uh, overwhelming, I don't know which word I want to use, their their maleness. Yeah. She, Machismo. She, yeah, she's a good sport. They're the Razor Ramon of that uh, time. Kim Cattrall, I spoke too soon because she's she's kind of a big name. She plays Miss Lynn Lassie Honeywell. We'll oh. find out why they call her Lassie here momentarily. Damn straight we will. Coach Beulah Ballbreaker. She is a ball breaker. And then some other coaches. Cherry Forever, as Jim mentioned. Ted Jarvis, the older brother of Mickey. Art Hindle. Yes. Alex Karras, a former NFL player. We've seen him crop up from time to time in movies of this era. Sheriff Wallace. So uh, let's go ahead. Who's kind of your MVP character of this movie? Okay, so I have two. All right. Tim Cavanaugh and Brian Schwartz. Look, uh, when we go to Porky's, do me a favor, okay? Don't tell him your name is Schwartz. Those guys are prejudiced out there. All right. um, What about... Patty Aloysius O'Brien. Nah, too Jewish. Let's not take any chances. Now, Tim Cavanaugh, as I mentioned briefly, no fear of dropping N-bombs, Jewish insults. It's, I mean, they, they lay right out there in the movie. They don't pussyfoot around it. Like, this guy is racist as shit. His father is, his father beats him. He's a fucking racist. But near the end, Tim finally realized his dad's a real piece of shit. He beats him up at like the school prom or some school dance. Mm -hmm. And then he realizes Brian Schwartz, the kid who he is tormented, wants to beat the shit out of because he's Jewish. They end up becoming best friends. And if it wasn't for Brian Schwartz, when they go to the place to hang out, deadbeats, he stopped me from getting arrested from the cops. Uh, Officer, excuse me, but I, I, I couldn't help but notice what's been happening and who are you? Oh, just a bystander. Uh, Brian Schwartz is my name. Now, I don't know if this is important, but I overheard this poor fellow saying that the reason he'd gotten drunk tonight, that his girlfriend had just broken up with him. Now, tell me, gentlemen, wouldn't you be likely to toss down a few if the woman you love turned her back on you? My wife left me, I'd get drunk for joy. <laughs> he comes down with this whole plan of taking Porky down. So if it wasn't for Tim getting over his racism, and Brian Schwartz's ingenuity, this whole movie would have been a wash. The boys never would have got their comeuppance on Porky's ever. I will say I have Coach Roy. Oh. Not just the stuff with Lassie, but at the end, he kind of gangs up with the boys and he says, like, Count me in. You could get fired, Coach. Are you kidding? I got to be the worst coach that ever lived. <laughs> <laughs> I'm long gone after this semester anyway. And don't call me coach anymore. Call me Roy. Only 23, for Christ's sake. You look much older. Turner, why don't you go and sit on a snake? (laughs) You see that right there? Porky gave me that about six years ago. I've always wanted to shout at that mother. I'd like to feed him his nuts for lunch. See this? Like, Porky got me six years ago. Yeah. He's like, I'm in. So he essentially helps him and uh, Mickey's older brother, Ted Jarvis. Yeah. Because he's the cop on their side of the road. Seward County Sheriff. Yeah. Who helps enact some revenge at the end of the movie. But we all need to, well, we've all brought up the fact that most of the people in this movie do not look of high school age. No. Even Coach Roy, who could pass as a high schooler in this movie. And the only girl who remotely looks like she'd be in high school is at the very beginning about why do they call you me? Yes. She's the only one. Hi. My name is Mindy. Can I ask you something? 
Yeah, sure. Why do they call you Meat? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Wendy Williams told me I should ask you. Well, she did, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah? Why do they call you Meat? Because you're so big? Uh, yeah, sort of. Mike, you have an MVP character for this movie? I do. My MVPs are Pee Wee. Great meat, it's great. <laughs> I know I got it. Dead feeds. Uh, hello. <laughs> Hi. I, uh, I'm looking for a friend of mine. He's supposed to be there. Uh, what's his name? His name's Michael Hunt. <laughs> uh, uh, Mike, Mike, yes, Mike. Mike Hunt, okay, just hang on a minute. Is Mike Hunt here? <laughs> Mike Hunt here. <laughs> Yes, I thought, you know, I mean, come on, he's Pee Wee. And the thing about Pee Wee is, again, this movie doesn't really have a cohesive plot. It's got an overarching premise yeah. and then a bunch of like almost skits. Pee Wee's the glue that holds kind of the whole movie together. He really is. And my second MVP is Porky. You want five of my fish with up in the pen? Yes, sir. How long? An hour. What do you got to spend? Bottle caps? hundred bucks. A hundred dollars for five ladies. Huh? Go home, Snuggles. Hey, Porky, wait a minute. Mr. Porky. Well, how many girls can we have for a hundred bucks? Five of you, right? That's a lot of horny dicks. I'll give you two girls for an hour or three girls for half hour. That's all? Hey, nobody's forcing me. Now, it's a long ride back home, and it's even longer with a heart on yeah, yeah, that piece of fat shit. I mean, he played the role so good. Who? Maybe he's really like that. I don't know. Yeah. I've never seen him in anything else. Yeah, he's really good. But, I mean, he's just awesome. You love to hate the guy. Yeah. Yeah, because, again, these are just horny high school kids trying to get into a bar and Porky could just throw him out but instead he tries to like teach him a lesson and when we were looking at the credits because it's one of those things that in the late 70s early 80s in the banes of like Cannonball Run all the great Burt Reynolds movies you the credits roll before the movie even yeah, ends and that's right. where the good stuff is one of the stunt coordinators was Chuck Mitchell aka Porky himself that guy, of all people, was a stunt coordinator on wow. this film. That oh. blew my mind. Wow, that's pretty yeah. I didn't even catch that. Yep. That's pretty crazy. All right, let's move on to best scenes, oh. or more specifically, kind of what our favorite scenes are. Okay. Who wants to start us off? Let's have our guest. Mike, go for it, buddy. When they get set up for the hooker. Jerry, get it started. Go ahead. Oh. Hey, Jimmy, that's just me. Stop that. Yeah. Hey, we're bothering him Yes. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my God. You know, they're all thinking they're going to get laid. They strip down naked. Yeah. Which would you ever strip down naked in front of your buddies and nope. take turns on a prostitute? These guys no, I seem could to never be... maintain an erection if like my buddies are there. <laughs> These guys seem out. to be yeah. so anxious to do that. Yeah. Because like meat, for example, they've obviously all seen it. They, they just, all these guys just take off their clothes and they're sitting in a line and waiting me, their turn. And, you got sloppy seconds, you got ticklish thirds, you got filthy four 
before she gets falling with this. You got stupid and plastic, and you can scrape her off the mattress, bitch. Pee Wee's like, okay, I'm gonna get sloppy seconds. You get fatal thirds. First of all, I'm not dipping my love tool in where other cream has been. Ain't no. happening. <laughs> not happening. No. No. Essentially, they all go to Porky's. Yeah. With the idea that eight of them are going to consecutively <laughs> sleep with a prostitute. Yeah. And you want to go ahead and tell us what happens once they're all stripped down naked and waiting and the door's been closed. Yeah. The two buddies that arranged it. What are their names? Oh, it's Can Tommy they, and Billy. Yeah, Tommy, yeah, Tommy and Billy. Yeah, Tommy and Billy are like, you know, you guys hang here. We're going to go first. Or we're going to warm her up. We're going to warm her up. So both of them go in, in the back room with this uh, older looking hooker. <laughs> Cherry Forever. Yeah, Cherry Forever. She had nice red lingerie. <laughs> nice bosoms, though. Long black say. curly hair. And they go in there and they're making noise and stuff. And she's sitting on the couch like drinking out of a bottle of Jack or something. Yeah. And they're all laughing because they had it set up. So these guys are hearing, you know, they're naked on the couch. Like, oh man, they're really giving it to her. And then, you know, they're laughing in there because they had their clothes on while this girl's making the noise. And then she smashes out a window. <laughs> What's going on, you motherfucker? I'll kill you right now. Right we didn't know she was your wife. Besides, it wasn't me. It was him. I was just watching. It was just born. You both dead men. And there was like this dude with his like pantyhose on his head. Huge black guy. Yes. Yeah. Billy's or Tommy's friend, John Conklin. Yes. Yes. The one guy starts rubbing fake blood on him. So they had it set up to where he's going to run out with a machete like he slashed him. The one guy runs out of the room. He has blood all over him. Uh, really dramatic. He just yeah. leans up against a fridge or something. He just slides down like, oh, like he just got killed. Yeah. Th these guys are freaking out. And then that dude just runs out with a machete oh. like, I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, it was so good. And then they proceed to just chase him down a road naked. Yeah. Yeah. Another weird observation out of all the naked guys, like all of them were in the movie, except that one weird looking dude. The weird dude that looks like he's 50. That he never appears guy? again. Get her. Oh, no, that fucking weird dude. <laughs> he was like dude. a part of their crew for that. Yeah. But all these other pranks and. He doesn't like him unless there's the promise of sex involved. Yeah. Exactly. I mean. First off, here at the Pool Scene Podcast, we don't judge people by how they look physically. Right. This guy looked ugly as fuck. All right, I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you. This guy had chud written all over him. I mean, I, I don't know what he did to make the cut for that scene. We, hey, you're, you're 50, right? You kind of look like you're... Tw just hang out with us. Hang out. We're fine. We need Do you. It. We need one extra guy. You don't mind showing your dick in front of everybody? All right, cool. You're with us. All right. I, I, I can't remember seeing that guy in any sequel either. No. No. I nope. think uh, I think I might be stealing Jim's thunder. I mean, but I mean my, how can you my not? first best scene, Pee Wee's growth chart. Oh, it is. It's getting shorter. Shit. Oh. Right at the beginning of the movie, we open up. We have Pee Wee laying in bed, pan down. Morning wood. He's got morning wood. So his mom comes in, tries to wake him up, basically interrupts. Once she leaves, Pee Wee has a penis. He grabs a ruler out of his drawer. Yeah. He measures himself. And then under his mattress, he has a growth chart where he's been tracking the size of his dick, the size of his dick, which I don't understand why it would grow or shrink exponentially. Yeah, I will it openly admit I did not have a chart, but I did 
at one point have a ruler in my drawer next to my bed as a kid. And I would every now and then measure and how see often? how it's going. <laughs> uh, maybe once, once or twice a week to what? see progress. That's, that's a lot of measure. See a progress, man. I needed to have so some, I wasn't was getting a, laid. Was that because of that? Was yeah. It was it because it of the thing or your own idea? It was, well, I saw Porky's first time I saw Porky's, I was a kid. So it, nothing really translated. And then when I saw it again as a teenager, like I revisited it in the mid nineties before American Pie. And that's when out. you get the idea for the chart, which you hung up in your room. <laughs> I showed my mom, mom, look what happened. Can I put this in the bathroom? <laughs> Can we Way more it? convenient. What's your first favorite scene, Jim? I mean, how Lassie. Why do they call you Lassie? Yes. I mean, so the whole premise of the movies, Kim Cattrall's character, Miss Honeywell, she is the hot gym teacher. She is. We've all had those type of teachers in oh, school yeah. where we're like, oh, my God, I can only imagine if she took my virginity. So there is the fable that if you get Miss Honeywell up in the locker room, that she will start moaning like Lassie. Now well, you can find out why she's called. You can Lassie, find out which means. Why. She has a reputation for some reason that she will just lay you and who else has been around that she's exactly who else has she banged in this school Must to confirm been the other coach the, the old guy that was laughing real hard that got the red face oh it had to be him it had to have been but as I call the generic Frank Sinatra yes. looking guy because there's a lot That's of people him. in this movie that could be the cheaper version of Roy Scheider and Ralph Macchio Ralph Macchio. Roy takes it upon himself after Miss Honeywell stands up to Beulah Ballbrecker saying, I'm stomping and waddling around like a frigid hippopotamus for you. Why don't you call me Beulah? Beulah Ballbrecker. Who do you think you're talking to? Well, if I heard a hurdy-gurdy plane, I think I was talking to the fat lady in the circus. But as it is, I guess I'm talking to a ton of bad news named Beulah, Beulah, Beulah! Moral turpitude. I will have you fired for moral turpitude, which this is the only time in history I've ever heard being just a real piece of shit is moral turpitude. Yeah. Miss Honeywell fired up says, let's go upstairs and have sex. This is the weirdest part because what turns her on, Jim? She gets in. She's already going up there with Roy, so yeah. it's going to go down. It's happening. It's maybe not as quickly as it does, but it's going to go down. But what one thing triggers her? The smell, gym socks, and dirty jock straps. Dirty gym socks. <laughs> and she almost like apologizes like, I don't know why that turns me on so much. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, they start getting it on. And then she starts moaning like Lassie. And it's heard throughout the whole gym. Meanwhile, Frank Sinatra coach, fucking, this is my mom's favorite part when she would watch Porky's back in the day. His laugh is so infectious. It's spreading around everybody. All the students know that she's called Lassie. Yeah. That you hear all the moaning. Everybody's losing it. And then all of a sudden, after it's all said and done, Roy comes down and goes, Sorry, I'm late, coach, but I had a case of the runs. Boy, it hurt like hell. You probably heard me all the way out here. Uh, you know, it must have been something I ate. <laughs> I had the runs. Yeah, I had the yeah, runs had the real run. bad. You must have heard me from all the way up there. And then I, they shit can. I love so much about this because for one, during class that they're supposed to be teaching yeah. is one. And like even in between class or maybe, hey, hey guys, go on a date. Yeah. No, we're going to fuck in the middle of class. Yeah. While there are students down below 
in a gymnasium with fucking acoustics that are just going to bling off everything. Yeah. But no, why not? Let's have sex and let me stuff gym socks in your mouth and a jock strap in your mouth. But, she has like a two minute orgasm. Yeah, oh, God. Now, when he said, oh, I had the runs, he told the other coach and he's like, well, it's like, I, I forgot what he said, but it's like your last time here or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I hope you weren't attached to your job, Coach Bracken. Yeah. But but he didn't get fired. Yeah, it did because then the very next yeah. time when uh, ball breaker that scene. That's right. They're in the in the principal's office. Yeah, and he's still working there. Yeah, it's a good point. So, so maybe he's have... in there about to be fired. Yeah, I don't know. but they don't really. But he's in there losing it. Yeah, oh god, him, the Frank Sinatra coach, and then the older coach. Yeah. They're losing it. It's great, Tallywacka. Mike, what do you have next for favorite scenes? Gotta be when they first entered that uh, bar. Yeah, it's been a couple of years since I've been to the old joint. Yeah, for sure, regular. Just stop talking and start drinking. Hey, how's pork? I haven't seen old pork in since. Holy shit, it's a pussy stampede. Oh, first, yes. get in the, the, the bar. first time they go to Porky's. Where they get carted. What redneck bar yes. south of the Mason Dixon are going, hold on, kids, I need to see ID here. When it's a fake town with a fake sheriff, apparently Porky's right. is the only thing in this town. Well, see, I don't think they would ID you because I feel like if you were to go even present day to a place like that. Yeah, they're not going to card you. You're not getting in. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like if they don't know you. Yeah. Right. In a place like that, like you'd have to be, it's like a regular's place. But if we look at it like 1954 time and they know they're from Angel Beach, they're going to bring money in. So they'll be like, please come right on in. Give us your money, you suckers. Right. And plus that horrible band. I don't know what the fuck they were singing. I don't know what the hell he was saying. I mean, I, I kind of sympathized with Pee Wee when he was like trying to explain, oh, you know, he had the fake ID and he's like, oh, I haven't been here in years. I've been to this joint And I'll never time. forget when I had a fake ID and I was a kid, I used to pull the same crap. Really? I'd like try to be mature, you know, and I looked younger than what I was yeah. too, as it was. And then I'd say stuff like, oh yeah, in town. You know, and make I, up something, and people are looking. My buddies, yeah, it's like, shut the, the hell fuck up, Jim. Did you have a fake ID? In? No, I never, never did. One. I've had gray hair since I was like seventeen or something, so I've always looked a little older. But I went to places where there was like no ID required. Yeah. So like, there's multiple bars around well, Youngstown that I could name that I went to. Ernie McDougal's, seventeen forty three Pogo's, Pal Joey's. Those yeah. are your big ones. Yeah. Mickey's. Oh, yeah. Mickey's. Mickey's, which became several other things. Yukon Jack. Mickey's was hilarious. Oh my god! Uh, but there's, yeah, there were a number of bars that I could go to either through knowing the door guy yeah. or whatever, where I just it never like. Here's my ID. It says I'm 19, but whatever. Let you in anyway. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so it, it that scene when they first get in the Porky's, there's a couple good parts. He says uh, <laughs> two beers and he's like a dollar, and then he pulls out a dollar. And he's like, it's a dollar each. Oh, it's, oh God, God forbid, two bucks for two beers. And then Pee Wee wants to see the strippers' cans. And uh, <laughs> I'll see. I'll look at both of them. Yeah. Want to take a peek? Yeah, yeah. Please. Yeah. Let's see them both. It'll cost you two bucks to see him, stupid. Oh, shit, I knew that. I'm just trying to have some fun with the broad. Yeah, that part's great. Ah, uh, it's great. That bar was so uh, unsavory with these rebel yeah. flags hanging everywhere. If I walked in, the only thing that did, the place, only cool. thing that didn't have was the Ku Klux Klan walking around. That's pretty much <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. That's the only thing it didn't have. Like Jesus well, Christ! And that's a good segue. So my my last one I'm going to mention is the end itself. So they finally get the revenge on Porky. All right, now remember, any sign of guns and we're gone. Okay. 
Yo, Billy. Where are these five little virgins that think they reach manhood? You want to tang your ass with me? Come up here, you sawed-off punk. I'll educate you. I'll wrap this right around your damn neck. Come on, boy, move it. Boy, Porky, you know, we're really scared. I guess we you better, better be... go now. Go on, get your ass out of home. Oh, shit floats. You'll float if I get you out here again, Bye. you little jack. So essentially, the the gang of friends set up an elaborate trap, it's which elaborate. I'm surprised they're able to pull off as high school kids to take down Porky's, literally and figuratively. In doing that, they keep saying, if there's guns, we're out of here. Porky's would absolutely have guns. They would be the fucking Walmart yes. aisle of guns. Yes, the, the walls would have guns. There'd be guns behind the bar. This was the gun that Jefferson Davis used yes. in the Civil War. Yeah, here's Aaron Burr's pistol. Exactly. It would be like everything about Porky's and the decor screams, we have guns. Yeah. So anyhow, the kids, I don't remember which one of it is, walks into the bar after closing, doesn't look at anyone. Looks, oh, it was Billy going in going, yes. Yeah, he stares yes. straight ahead and he goes, I want to talk to Porky. Tell him come outside. So they all come outside. Bring your best. Yes, where the kids use their, their souped up tow truck. How did they get a tow truck? They don't ever explain to it. pull down, because there's bridges that go over to Porky. So they pull down the bridges. They pull down the Porky's establishment itself. Using two boats on the opposite side. So they're yes. using opposite tension, using a tow truck and two speed Sort of boats. like a, a horses, like drawing and quartering. Someone. Pretty much. Yeah. So all the, the members of the Porky's establishment end up in the swamp. They have dynamite because, of course, they do. Who doesn't they have it? They blow up one of the bridges so they can't be chased. But then one of the dynamite that's rigged on the bridge doesn't explode. And it allows Porky and his crew to come across the bridge and chase them. So, but getting that revenge and then they get across the county line where again, uh, how they were able to organize the whole school band, the, the school marching department bands there, Mickey's older brother, Ted in revenge as, as a callback to what we see earlier, he smashes their headlight. <laughs> get him, brother. Broken headlight. That's a $50 fine in Seward County. <laughs> he shoots out their tire and essentially they agree that, uh, this is the end of it. As they say, no more peccadillos. Yes. Will be Although there are a couple more Porky's movies that kind of have the poster of the second one on my wall and then Porky's Revenge. We'll talk about that a little later because yeah. there's logic when it comes to those two. Jim, any scenes you still wanted to mention or we pretty much cover all the bases? I mean, we pretty much covered all the bases. Yes. All right. So we're not swimming in a swamp. We're swimming in a pool and it is time to blow those whistles and get everyone out of the pool. Pool check. <laughs> So Porky's was released again in 1981. MTV went live August 1st, 1981. So Bay shuttle launch. Yes. So when we list our favorite music videos from 1981, it'll be interesting to know how they aligned with what MTV played, not only in their first four months, but specifically what did MTV play their first day? Yeah, it's a lot the first day. A lot of repeats on the very first yeah, day. The first day, there were actually 116 different unique music videos played, including videos that were played more than once. 209 videos in 24 hours. Yep. And some which I'm sure you'll probably mention, were played upwards of like five times. Mm -hmm. There were two that were played five times. All right. So who wants to go first? Our guest, okay. the American Zennial himself. Now, Mike, go ahead and give us your number five. My number five would be Working for the Weekend, Loverboy. Nice. <laughs> great video. Great song. When Can't I was a kid, it. true story, uh, I would actually tie 
uh, a red thing around my head all the time. Like a bandana? And I did one around my neck because I thought that style was the best. I rolled my sleeves up on my jacket. I wore a headband and a red bandana around my neck. Heck yeah. It's the working man's look, man. I, for a weekend. I had a job at an editing yep. studio and they would play a lot of 98.9 in there, but I remember every time the song would come on, I, like certain songs you hear a thousand times, you're like, God, you know, this is one, you hear it and I don't really get tired of it you can hear it over and over again i mean i don't seek it out and listen oh, yeah. to it a lot but when i hear it i'm like hell yeah working oh, for the week oh yeah it's a great song good pick mike good starter at number five go ahead kev you go you're number five all right i've got some obscure ones because as i told jim off air i was curious about mtv's first day that i marathoned and watched the majority of the videos that played on mtv's first day so and we need to preface how long these a yeah. long time hours these early music videos aren't any substance no. whatsoever it's usually well, just a dude standing there a couple there. of them are a couple of them which i'll, I'll get to yeah my number five my first one was fisher z so long no idea what this is so we here in the u.s would pronounce the name of fisher z as fisher z whereas in the uk where they're from z would be zed fisher zed so it'd be fisher zed except their specific dialect, they don't pronounce the R. So it's Fish's Ed. Fish's Ed. So it's Fish's Head, essentially. Uh, anyhow, the video is kind of just like a private dick coming out of the shadows on a dimly lit street following a girl. The band actually sold, I want to say, 20 million albums in the early 80s and toured with like a ton of bands. And this guy hopped from like band to band to band. But he toured with like literally Talking Heads. He toured with Bob Marley. Okay, toured so with a well bunch. Known. He was well known. And I, I think it's one of those cases where, you know, you and I have talked about like if, if a band hair metal, for example. Oh, God. Some yeah. of these hair metal bands came out a little late mm -hmm. because it was already dying. When we watched Encino, man, it's the early 90s already. Yeah, it's, it's done. You missed the boat. But this band, I truly think were too early because had they been five years later, they probably would have found their way onto like the John Hughes soundtrack and stuff like that. They're that kind of band. My number five, you can't think of a perfect song that encompasses the early 80s, especially Southern California, the mall scene, the Go-Go's, our lips are sealed. Now, when you think bunch of girls getting together, hanging out, going to the mall, you're thinking of Belinda Carlisle, yeah. Jane Weedlin. This song is so damn good, and it harkens back to like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, just girls going around in their convertible top having a good time it's the early 80s and at least the video had substance oh yeah. you had locations in it which was a different thing for most of the videos you saw in 1981 my number four was uh believe it or not young turks yeah rod, rod, rod stewart, stewart. The, uh, my mom was a huge rod stewart fan and i remember this when i was a kid and uh re-watching it you know the video is about these two lovers young kids mm -hmm. and then i realized the girl was dotty from uh peewee's yep. big adventure that's right and i was like whoa it's dotty yeah that's a great song i really like that one it's funny because rod stewart had five or six videos on the first day of M mtv because he had hopefully no one's picking this but he had if you think i'm sexy oh wow. and he in 81 he had like he was dominating mtv in 1981 yeah yeah yeah. he but, was a heavy rotation but i i would agree with you i'd say young turks is probably the best of his i like maggie may 
as far as a song goes, but as far oh, as the I'm videos. Not. My number four, another obscure one. Again, I didn't watch all these videos to not pick the obscure ones. I'll leave the like the mainstream ones to you guys. Now, this one, I knew the song for a long time, but didn't know there was a music video for it. It's Michael Johnson, Bluer Than Blue. So Michael Johnson... Not the runner. A hundred percent looking like the opposite of a rock or pop star in every way. So he's essentially a superimposed chud over himself. <laughs> like he's just sad in his apartment, laying on a couch and sitting. And then they like superimpose him singing with himself laying on the couch. Only reason I picked this is because it's a good sad jam. When my dad died, my mom played like this and some Leo Sayer songs and like a handful of others just like on repeat. I dig the song. I picked the video. It's ridiculous. It's funny in 1981 because somebody that looked like Michael Johnson then would never like your talent would have to overweigh. Well, I've brought up to you and I've showed you Chaz and Dave. Yeah. Chaz and Dave would no way in hell have a shot in yeah. later MTV. Yes. Yeah. And it's sort of like Fisher Z too. Like when you see this guy, you're Fish like. Fisher Z. When you see this guy, you're like, this guy would never fly as a pop star today. Oof. Yeah. But the opposite of oof, it would be woof. My number four, Rick Springfield, Jesse's Girl. Yeah. yeah. I think it's an anthem. Classic. It's an anthem, for God's sakes. I remember the first time I heard this song, I didn't quite understand. Jesse is a friend. I was like, is Jesse is like friend as in dude? Like, I thought it was a dude. Like, Jesse's girl. I didn't wrap my head around, oh, he means Jessica. But it is such an early 80s anthem. And we and you just watched the Coheed and Cambria. Yeah, Jesse's girl 2. Cover of Jesse girl 2. Well, it's not really a cover. It's not, like a sequel. It's, but it, it, Rick Springfield's in it. Yeah. Now, Rick Springfield was the hubba hubba hunk. Yeah. He did General Hospital. The girls already are fawning. They want to be Jesse's girl. Now, this song is very creepy. Because it's like how badly it's a stalker. He song. wants to be with his friend's girlfriend. And I always sing it to make it even more stalkery as Jesse's got himself a girl and I want to make her die. <laughs> is how I always sing it. Now, as a little kid, I confused Rick Springfield with Bruce Springsteen because yeah. Springfield. Sure, you can't. Springfield. Spring, spring, man. <laughs> These goddamn springs, let me tell you. But that was my number four. I used to make up a uh, mix up John Cougar Mellencamp and the boss i have the worst ask me how because they have different voices but it's just yeah it's like the same of some aesthetic yeah it's like all american guy new jersey blue jeans like denim red bandanas same thing i have you beat i used to (laughs) i'm so embarrassed by this i used to confuse def leopard with led zeppelin i love that one Exactly. I was like, I don't. Which one did Armageddon it? Oh, pour some sugar on me was Led Zeppelin. No, it's Def Leppard, you asshole. I love that. All the time. All right, Mike, you're number three. Yes, you mentioned it already, but Physical by Olivia Newton-J. Because it's so funny. I dare anybody to watch that beginning to end and not even crack a smile. You will will smile. It has like dudes that are like kind of, well, they're ripped, but they're really skinny. And they got those 80s porn stashes. Of course. And they're in their little Speedos. And then there's like fat guys trying to work out and they're flopping everywhere. And she's so smoking hot trying to help them. Yeah. It's definitely a double entendre song. Yes. It's let's get in shape and then let's have sex. Yeah. It's it's back when like if your band name was something specific or if a song was it's it's like it needed to be themed towards they, that. Yes, they absolutely had to do exactly what it was. So if somebody was like, 
I want to get physical. They're like treadmills, weights, like we're doing the whole gym Except thing. for Gary Newman cars, not a fucking car stand like, in front of a mirror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My number three, it is one that we've heard of. It's Talking Heads Once in a Lifetime. Great song. Kid, I didn't even know that would have been 81. That, yeah. oh. Kids may think this video is an early version of TikTok. But no, it's just life through David Byrne's eyes. So it's like, it's the band in front of essentially like an early version of green screen, just superimposed, doing a lot of dancing, a lot of goofy stuff. It's awesome. I mean, Talking Heads are incredible. It's, a, it's one of my favorite bands of all time. Like, yeah. And I used to do that as a kid when I was five, the the arm yep. chop. Mm-hmm. I and my whole family would say, Mike, do the arm chop. And I do, do it. I was five or six performing for my family, yeah. you know, doing the arm chop. Now, the first time I ever heard Talking Heads. Same as me, it ever was. And me and you bonded on this Revenge of the Nerds when we were burning down the house when the yes. Alameda's house got burned down. That's the I first think, time I heard I Talking would say Heads. I a lot of, of kids our age probably burning down the house might have been the, the first exposure to Talking Heads. I would say so as well. Sure. I, I definitely think that was my, yeah. Yeah. My number three. Taken on a run by Ario Speedwagon, and there's a little background to this. So the song's music video was the ninth ever video played on MTV on its first day. Due to technical difficulties, the video went to black just 12 seconds into the song, and it never finished. So that was the historical thing about take it on a run, baby. Well, they kind of did. It never played. And they had some weird videos, too, Ario Speedwagon. They did. But yeah, this one, 12 seconds of it, and then... No idea. Kevin Cronin, we talked about this with We Are the World, while Cronin wasn't in there, or the rest of Ario. Cronin had an amazing voice. Yeah. It's a historic music video, and it has that story behind it, which makes it even better. And if you don't like Ario Speedwagon, you have issues. I'm sorry. Flat out. I love them. Yeah. How can you not like Ario Speedwagon? This is my favorite, probably top three favorite artists of all time. I Missed Again by Phil Collins. Oh, I love Phil's my number one of all time. Yeah, yeah he might actually be. I've seen him live multiple times. I was going to go this year, but it's a little too steep. Over yeah, for, for somebody right who everything I've heard about Phil now, he doesn't even do what he used to remotely do. He doesn't I drum anymore. I seen him in 2007. Yeah. He drummed the whole time. You know, he didn't even take a break while the band took a break. This is in 2007. The brand took a break. He just played drums. Him and another guy, they came out and they yeah. did the dueling drums. Three hours straight they played. Three hours. See, I'm now, envious of I that. I seen him two years ago, like before COVID, in Cleveland, and he played from a chair. Yeah, uh, didn't his son uh, play drums? I think his, his son's son. phenomenal. Yeah. 17. At, at that yeah. point, you, you shouldn't And he looks like it. Phil. At yeah. that point, you shouldn't do it. If you're in a chair, if you're... That's not the Phil I want to remember. No, that's... <sighs> you just... You can't charge people a amounts of money. I did see him with Genesis, and the last one was just Phil Collins, but regardless... I mean, I'm sure his, his voice guess. still is... It's Phil, but it's not Phil. It's like an older Phil, and yeah. it's like... I was it, it fortunate is. to see Huey Lewis at the Packard Music Hall six years ago, and now they oh, yeah. can't play because Huey's tone deaf. So right. it's like, I'm glad I got to see it, though. And this video is just real fun because it showed like his person. He was dancing. And in the beginning, when the saxophone plays, he was like fake, like doing an air sax. Phil yeah, always had the best music were videos. Fun. Yeah, they you were know? very fun. Yeah. He had an Ultimate Warrior. In one. That's right. <laughs> Did he really? So weird. Yeah. 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 The Ultimate Warrior was a one of them. I think it was two, two hearts. It might, I think you're right. Yeah. It is two hearts. You're right. Wow. Yeah. My number two, you're going to have to bear with me. It's a band called Boot Camp, oh, and the shit. song's called Hold On to the Night. I don't know where they are, like Reno or Vegas, somewhere else, but look, if you've seen the movie The Warriors, of course. imagine the softest Warriors gang is basically what these dudes look like. One dude has like a dome helmet haircut and a gentle mussy. He pulls out like a 12-inch keyboard, and he plays a little solo, 
I'm pretty sure he puts it in his pocket after he's done playing it. They're like rocking out in the middle of the street. They're playing tiny instruments. I don't think they can decide. So they're kind of like hair metal. Again, they're early to the party by a few years. So I don't think they can decide like what really is the fashion of that style of music yet. And they kind of come off looking like soft mimes, like a mime gang metal band. And uh, thank God that drugs found their way into this music scene. Cause like, if not for drugs, like we probably wouldn't have Motley Crue and Poison and Definitely. so on yeah. and so forth. Or you would, you would have had boot camp instead. <laughs> so, and boot camp had three or four videos on MTV in 81. I would not even be able to pick them up. We got to watch Hold on to the night. Was that like a, slower song like hold on to the night or no i'm thinking of something no you're thinking of hold on to the night yeah it's not yeah. that i think i know what you're I talking think about though. I think yeah. brian it's like a late 80s yeah yeah it was brian adams yeah, I think. brian adams had to hold on to the night my number two was the first music video ever played the buggles video yeah. killed the radio star i am ow ow that's iconic i mean everybody yes. who is anybody should know the first ever music video was these guys once right. again early videos not the greatest but it was mind-blowing because there was in the medium everybody thought mtv would be a joke this isn't gonna last who wants to watch music it's the radio that is going to be the airplay little did we know changed everything changed the whole landscape of everything and now news mtv doesn't even really exist anymore they said years ago the m doesn't stand for music anymore but this is the kicked it off on august 1st 1981 video killed the radio star and it did so there you go my number one number one that's so awesome <laughs> my number one is by the master Phil Collins in the air tonight. Yep, that's my number one too. Oh man, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. No, man. no. You know the video was so serious, and then right after the drums, because it's just his face. The that's silhouette. It. Black but and then white. After the drums, it goes into like that predator heat looking yep. face. And I was just like, oh, wow. And now I'll never forget. First of all, just like anybody, you hear the drum solo. No matter what you're doing, you have to do the drum solo. Don't, no matter what you're man, doing. No I used to know this song doing. has absolutely transcended genres too, like genres and, you know, time periods. This is Baker Mayfield's yes, warm up song. Exactly. Yes. And the other big thing I will remember this song in particular was used during the train sex scene in Risky Business between Tom Cruise and Rebecca DeMornay. Making love on a real train within the air tonight. They literally were coming in the air tonight. There was a, th the whole, I think this is three minutes and 30 seconds when Miami Vice, this is an 80, want to say 86, they played this whole song and it was just a montage of them driving in their Ferrari, the whole song of in the air tonight. Cause I remember a lot of people going, is this going to cut to another scene? Yes. No, it's just Crockett and Tubbs, yep. slow mo 80s to in the air. Man, tonight. Miami Vice, in retrospect, when they did stuff like that, is so awesome. There's so many great. It was ahead of its time. So many great songs on Miami Vice where you just got those long shots and got these artists really, really got featured. Eye candy, man. That whole show was eye candy. It, it was, was in amazing. The last episode. Yes, it was. I love Miami. Now, Vice. full disclosure, I will say when I saw 1981, I saw that in the air tonight, I was like, that's going to be a three way dance for number one. I was like, we're all going to do that again. Since I watched these videos, I did pick something else. I picked a song called Vienna by a band called Ultravox. Yes, I've heard I of Ultravox. Yes. No, I, I actually from Top know. of the Pops. So weird, weird, weird shit, but awesome song. Uh, song. Artsy concept video, which is basically like Kubrick's The Shining a year after it's release or eyes wide shut 18 years before it's release but wikipedia says the video is inspired by the classic 
classic film, The Third Man, which yeah, I can totally see. I wasn't really that familiar with the song. I added it to a couple playlists on Spotify because I mean, this song is awesome. And the videos for 81, watching some of these other just kind of like, it's a generic it's it's an artsy like high concept video man that song holds up because i love the euro pop synth stuff yep. and i usually pride myself on uh that kind that genre of music trivia but i recommend this song to everybody listening yep. please awesome. give it a listen they were on top what i like to do every now and then i will go into the youtube deep end and i will watch old top of the pop shows from britain that was their american bandstand Ultravox is on it a lot. Well, the really? funny thing about Ultravox yeah. and just doing some research is like in the late 70s, their original singer left the group and a second singer joined. And that's when like their fame really took off. Yeah. It's like Pete Whoa. Best leaving the Beatles. It's yeah. Like, right. 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 So, that guy from Boys to Men. Leaving. Uh, I didn't have too many honorable mentions. David Bowie Fashion. That's a good one. And The Vapors so Turning nice. Japanese. Yeah. Which we which, know what that song's about. <laughs> not so PC anymore. Not but, at uh, all. You had a, a ton of um, the specials. They're awesome. Yeah. yeah There's a ton of the spe like specials had a ton of videos on MTV, which is like so cool in hindsight that MTV was giving play to stuff. Because how long, honestly, did MTV last giving that broad? They gave a lot of flyers. To yeah, people. they were like playing. Uh, you got a video? You paid for a video? Great, we'll play Well, it. you got to think. We have 24 hours to fill for yes. 365 days. Did you make a fit? Fuck it, but we'll play it. It didn't take very long before MTV kind of was like, all right, from... 200 184 unique videos a day quickly to like 60 videos a day played multiple times it literally became top 40 radio yep it basically became top 40 pretty quick you weren't seeing a lot of stuff is is unique and cool as the specials did you have any honorable mentions no i mean in 81 it's hard to come by but i personally hit the gold standard and like if you love english synth pop like mike and i both do oh yeah please check out the top of the pop stuff the repeats people save them on youtube it's phenomenal. All right, let's get everyone back in the pool. Clean water, no swamp. Everybody back in the pool! Didn't you hear about the other night? No. You didn't you hear sure about You sure you didn't hear about the no. other night? Well, we figured we got to get Pee Wee laid, right? Right. So I fixed him up with Wendy. Pee Wee and Wendy? Shh. Damn, I thought she had better taste than that. Well, all he had to do was knock it off. You know they're making out. You know Wendy. She reaches down, she unzips his fly, and she grabs his cock. And guess what? What? Little bastard already had a rubber on. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> I oh, swear. Bullshit. <laughs> Wendy told me. Why would she lie? Horny little mother wore a rubber to his date. She got so pissed off she wouldn't even let him touch her. I had a hard time thinking of a critical question, so I will ask. You can't really be critical about Porky's. I will say, do you think that the Angel Beach Boys crossed the line with their revenge on Porky's? Was it too much? Yes. Yeah, it people absolutely probably, is. People probably died. Yeah, they know. pulled down. And it's and when you think about it, you're like, they pulled down an entire place of business over getting, 15 bucks getting stolen, much. their headlight and taillight their, getting their broken. Their pride getting busted And their, basically their pride because they... Now, Porky's brother, the sheriff, says at the very end of all the charges he wants the boys brought up on, that's the most logical thing in the movie because he's fucking right. Those boys just destroyed my station house. Destroy two of my cars. I want them booked on felony charges, destruction of private property, and assault and battery. Yeah. It's assault and battery. He's one yeah. of the stupidest ignorant hillbillies you'll ever see in your life. And but he, he makes, actually made sense. He there. made perfect sense for yeah. a fake cop. And, you know, in a lot of these movies that were inspired by Porky's, these like raunchy comedies, American Pie. There's a lot of them, yeah. a lot of these kids doing things. Like in Dazed and Confused, you have they break some mailboxes, they throw a bowling ball through a windshield. 
that's kids being kids. Yeah. You know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. Pulling down a bar, like sinking the bridges and blowing shit up with dynamite. Like you're going to prison. Yeah. I mean, that's attempted murder. There's attempted murder here, folks. Yeah. There's no bullshit about that. So, yes, I think we're we're all in agreement. We They went too far. <laughs> Like I told you, just a little bit, like I told you at the end of this, like an American pie, they make a pact where we all got to get laid before we graduate. Now, I wanted to see all of them go. We all need to make a pact. We all got to kill Porky before we graduate. <laughs> Let's fucking see it. Nowadays, it's possible the way everybody's fucked up thinking if you would make remake Porky's. One of these kids are going to kill Porky. Like Jarvis. Like Mickey, yeah. Like Mickey is going to kill Porky. Like yeah. a shot to the skull. Porky's fucking dead. Yeah. And then they got to bring him back over the county line to bury him. Pretty Actually, much. they just throw him in the Everglades. That's it. Let the Crocs get him. All right. David McCall. Let's talk about some logic. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. I'll say first, the movie takes place in the 50s, but everyone still has 80s haircuts. Maybe it's me, but it just feels like the 80s. If it weren't for the cars, I'd forget it was the 1950s. There's no reason that this movie, nothing about this movie other than the racism. Oh, Jesus. And, That's an understatement. And the xenophobia. Well, if we do the 80s, we probably can't have the racism and xenophobia. But Hey, kids, you want to go to the sock hop tonight? But everything else in this movie could have just been the 80s. Pretty much. So that, that's my first. Do you have? Okay. So we talked about this. This is one of Mike's favorite scenes. Why would anyone, anyone in a group of friends want to be, first off, naked in front of each other with your dicks hanging out? Second, why would you all be willingly able and want to take turns on a prostitute one after another? Hey, we're all friends here. I'm not dipping. Nope. I'm nope. not dipping. Not happening. No. It makes no sense. I would not be able to function knowing my buddy is sitting right next to me. Kevin is sitting right next to me naked. And I'm like, all right, let's yeah. fuck. Yeah, all yeah. right. They're no. really doing it in there. Yeah. They're getting, starting to get hyped up because <laughs> they hear the sounds. She's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even uh, comfortable, like, double dipping a, a carrot and some ranch after my <laughs> wife did. You know, I'm like, no, I'm good. I, I use a spoon and put on my plate. You ruined it. So, uh, Let alone that. Following <laughs> that scene, when, so the prank happens. They get chased out. You know, the kids all scatter naked. And how do the cops recognize Pee Wee from hundreds of yards away? Slow night. No, don't worry. That'll change soon enough. what I tell you? Can't wait to hear this story. I think I know that kid. Pee Wee Morris. The basketball player? Your friend of Mickey's, my brother. Jarvis's brother. Right. Pee Wee is running down the street. It's dark. Naked. Pitch black. It's dark. There's no, yeah, no lights. If they were like pulled up next to him and looked over, but no, they see this, the back of a naked person from 300 yards. They identify his ass. And they're like, I know that kid. That's, That's Pee Wee Morris. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Mike, you got a logic, uh, logic point. I'm, I, I'm just still flabbergasted about the weirdo in the, in the room. In that one scene, that looks weird <laughs> when they go for the prostitute. He was part of their crew, and he never shows up again. Who the hell was he? Why was he there? Why was he so old looking? Why was he so old? Why was he there? Oh Maybe he was God. paying for it for all the young kids. See, that's like, like a movie uh, mistake. Explain him. It seems like he was like a buddy of like Bob Clark, and they're just like, just good in there. We need an extra head in there. We did forget to mention probably like the the top scene of the whole movie, though. The... the uh, the apple pie moment of this movie. The glory hole. Yeah. Oh, yes. It, yes. Okay, so that's what I'm bringing up my logic. The actual, the glory hole, the, the beaver shoot. 
Somehow in this high school, there is a forbidden room that's underneath the stairs through a window and somehow goes right behind the wall of the women's it's shower. It's like a saw kill room, like a dungeon. It, yes. Yes. Jesus Christ, it's the mother load. I've never seen so much war. You can knit a sweater. This has got to be the biggest beaver shoot in the history of Florida. But somehow they lift drink cover off. It's like a pipe that you'd think would be attached to something, not attached no. to anything. Then all of a sudden, full view yep. of the women's shower. And uh, here's a logic point. It, within that logic point, these girls are very happy to take showers with each other. Oh, they love it. They're smacking They're bouncing ass. bouncing around, smacking ass, having a good time. Yeah. Sh- even the girl who's overweight. Yeah. Which Pee Wee refers to as, I think he calls lard it. Lard ass. Lard ass. Damn it. What's wrong? Even in high school, at any point, never. in any decade, if you looked like that, you would never take your clothes off in front of the other. I people. don't care if I had a six pack ab in high school. I'm not getting naked in a shower. I will smell all day. I don't care if right. the from under cheese is dripping off of me. I'll <laughs> wait till I get home to take a shower. Weird. But the thing I don't get is. So the girls finally see, you know, Tommy. Uh, don't be alarmed, girls. This is just your health department. We're here to check out all unlicensed pussies. Please step forward and spread your legs. Yeah, what are you uh, originality, neatness, and hygiene. And they're all laughing, and Pee-wee's like, they're so hot. They're gonna, they want it, they want it. Then Tommy sticks his tongue through, and then next thing you know, Ballbreaker shows up, grabs his dick. Yes. And throughout the rest of the movie, she knows it's Tommy Turner and constantly says, I can identify the mole on his penis. Five young boys in the nude, a police lineup, so that you can identify his tallywhacker. Uh, please, please, can we call it a tallywhacker? Penis is so personal. Oh, oh. Where she basically sexually assaults him at the very end of the yes. movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Traumatizes him. Yes. Yeah, this is this. And what is, does she get out of that? Like, nothing. what's it matter at this point? You you pulled on my dick. What more do you want from me? Now, in the second movie, which I'll mention briefly, she ends up in a hotel room accidentally because the boys set her up to meet this guy she falls in love with. And in that hotel room, it's dark. Tommy Turner. They start making out and almost have sex with one another. <laughs> oh. So at least they continue it. But yeah. Yeah. Logic point. The end. How? <laughs> how I know you were going to mention this. Yes. Too. How did the a group of high school kids discuss and coordinate plot this plan? Because while we were watching this, Mike literally said, this is like a Navy SEALs operation. Yes. <laughs> they get down in the swamp. They're pulling rope through. It's like a, a Ninja Turtles on NES mission. They're like pulling rope. There's chainsaws. Through, yeah. There's chainsaws that no one hears. They're pulling rope, attaching it to the bridge. They've got the boats. They've got the tow truck. They've got dynamite. Where does a high school kid come across enough dynamite to blow some bridges? Logically, how much? There's no way they would be able to get that much torque, that much tension. How shitty was Porky's put up? In order for this to be taken down so easily. We need to see some blueprints. There's some engineering questions about how far... Those go down in the wall. I mean, a number of things. But yeah, they pull down the bridges. They pull down Porky's itself. We need to call somebody on the Army Corps of Engineers. And yeah. then on top of it, the, the cherry on top is somehow they have, they're so confident they're going to pull this off that when they cross counting lines, they have the marching band, band there to play. They basically have everybody from the entire fucking school of Angel Beach there to celebrate it. 
including the police force. Yes. <laughs> right. The thing that brought it down was a giant tow truck, which it did look like a beast of a truck. Yeah. But it didn't do it on its own. It had these two little boats. And yeah. these boats, when I say little, I'm talking like like a one-man fishing yeah. boat yeah. with lawnmowers on the back for engines. Yes. Like, <laughs> how yeah. much pull power? Like, two guys could probably... You know, it'd be like a tug of war. Meanwhile, people are being murdered men. in the bar. Strippers are dying. And the place fell like it was made out of popsicle sticks. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. You oh, know, it made no sense. They like probably used like a popsicle stick model to shoot that. Had because to. like they're not. It had to have been. They built Porky's and tore it down for all we know. Yeah. And Anybody else notice, have logic they want to mention? That pretty much covers it. What really it. bothered Porky too when the place fell was the sign. Yeah. Of all things. That's yeah. a nice sign, sign Like though. that neon sign. Back but, to, I mean, maybe it was really expensive. Back now, then, the neon, neon sign does make a return in the third movie where they stick with the boat theme, mind you. Okay. So what, what is the legacy of Porky's? I will say Porky's absolutely paved the way for raunchy comedies not just raunchy comedies but raunchy comedies to be released theatrically teen comedies yeah more so a lot of people came out to see this movie on the promise of nudity the trailer basically told the audience this is what this movie is we can't show you can't show you you got to come to the movies and see it how smart was that marketing excellent look what it raked in then everybody was like yes i am gonna go see that movie and in the scheme of things it's not that raunchy. I it mean, isn't. by today's standards, oh, that's almost tame. like a PG movie because there's some boobs, there's like some bush, like a half a second of a dick. For the most part, I mean, it's it's not that raunchy. For 81, it's probably like the raunchiest thing ever. I would say and so. And the Dixie, it was very unimpressive too. It was like a, just the mushroom was popping out. Pretty Notice much. How yeah. did she grab that? So she just grabbed the mushroom. She pulled was as all hard tip. as she could. Yeah. Because there was no shaft to grab on. No, not at all. It was just a tip. Yeah, Jim's brought up sequels a couple times. So the funny thing is, oh my God, the studio had no interest in making a Christmas story, but they allowed it to happen so that Clark would make a Porky sequel. Worst, I'm sorry, worst Christmas movie ever. I know you hate it, but Uh, as far as just America is concerned, I get it. It is like iconic. It plays 24 hours a day on Christmas every year, but it's just funny that like, the movie, A Christmas Story, I, like a kid's family Christmas movie, teetered in not getting made because of Porky's 2. Wow. Which, Porky's 2, I have the poster on the studio wall, is called Porky's 2 The Next Day. Yes. It is immediately the next day. Real life, filmed two years later. Yeah. Meat gained 50 pounds yes. in one day. And then the a big third, breakfast. And then the third movie takes place three months after the next day. He lost all that weight back in three months. Just a big breakfast. Just amazing. I mean, I, I'm not mad at the studio for holding a Christmas story hostage when a five million dollar budget movie made what was it, hundred and sixty million dollars? I mean, they made an absurd profit. So they had to assume Porky's two, Porky's three, whatever they made, we're gonna pull in the same kind of profit. Porky's two had a $7 million budget and made 55 million. Oh, wow. Yeah. Why? I have no idea. Then Porky's revenge. I mean, came still, out. still impressive. I mean, it made, yeah. And Porky's revenge was a $8 million budget made 20. So it started incrementally going down. Well, I mean, the second one, so many eight times the budget or something. Yeah. But 
it's just funny that a Christmas story would have never been made if not for Porky's. How amazing is that? I wonder if those numbers correlate with uh, the American Pies, the first three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, we, I mean? we covered the American Pie movies on here. And yes. Yeah, basically, yeah. obviously they kept making money because they made so many of them oh, and then yeah. made the spinoff direct-to-DVD ones. Which you never, ever want to see. And then they made, basically, we found out through research, they made a fourth Porky's movie in order for Howard Stern. It was kind of like a write-off. It was a video on demand that was short, never came out on any DVD or VHS, in order for Howard Stern to make his Porky's that fell through. Yeah. Now, Kevin and I have brought up a couple of times, Howard Stern has been attached to remaking a lot of the movies we Basically, have every movie we've covered, it seems like Howard Stern at some point had his hand in like redoing. Pretty much. Speaking of redoing movies, did you happen to see this week that uh, Pauly Shore and Brendan Fraser are both, they want to do another. Linkovich Chomofsky's yeah. coming oh, back. Wow. I don't know if they get Sean Astin. Anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, I would, so I don't think Porky's could really be made today. It would have to no. be careful because of, the fucking racism in well, this movie. No racism, no xenophobia, yeah. but like sexual consent and things of like that. You gotta yeah. be careful with those sort of things. You can make a raunchy comedy. I mean, the Seth Rogen produced Good Boys from a couple years ago. They should uh, set it in the 80s. Yeah, so if, yeah. if cool. I were to remake a Porky's movie, what I would do, set it in the 80s, yes. and I would give it a coherent plot, but what the plot would revolve around. I mean, ultimately, what is this movie called? Porky's. Yeah, you want to end it's up at Porky's after the villain of the movie but we don't we get such a small tidbit of why porky himself is such like a the bully. mystique so i would build a case behind what the deal is with porky why is porky's the place to go why is porky's the place to go why is porky such a villain you know i see specific examples of, of shit porky has done that lead a bunch of people to wanting revenge. And then I would go there. I would make yes. the I would make the plot just more set him up. Yes, exactly. Because there's no backstory on Porky no, at like, all. I mean, no. we don't really it's a mysterious guy. care yeah. that much that Porky because we almost side with him. Maybe he was a nice much. guy. Yeah, right. You know, and, and these kids are coming in here illegal. So he busted their balls a little I, bit. We're we're 40 year olds, basically. So from yeah. our point of view, yeah. it's like a bunch of kids tried to get into a bar illegally. He and said then no. He said no. You could frame the movie around like, okay, Porky's a pretty shitty dude. Like maybe he harasses and maybe that's where you get some of that, you know sexual content that you would want to put in this movie maybe like one of their girlfriends were assaulted yes maybe porky's harassed yeah. maybe porky's he assaults these girls who work there and his brother the sheriff allows it to go on exactly because there's no jurisdiction so then a bunch of kids they want to fight for you know the rights of these it, it would be a better movie i would agree i like that idea you know it would be a really cool uh, brother would be a you know the sheriff brother of Porky's would be William Force. Yes. Oh my God, that would be awesome. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Him is uh is the sheriff of Wallace Town. Stick around for some plugs. Hey, it's Corey, your best lifeguard, and this is the Pool Scene Podcast. Once again, pool sceners, thank you for checking out the pod this week. Remember, if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Pool Scene Podcast. Also at Pool Scene Pod on the Twitter. Also, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email at 
Podcast at gmail.com. Any movie ideas. We have some amazing movies coming up. If there's a movie you want us to cover, let us know. You're on the journey with us. And now back to Kevin. Also, big event happened yesterday. We're recording this on June the 2nd. It was our official one year anniversary of the podcast. Yesterday, Kevin and I. Look at us. Hey. Look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Man, Whoa. started this in the pandemic area, and now uh, we're coming out of it, and we've uh, we got one year down, folks, everybody. And thank you all to the pool sceners out there, all of your support, getting us to year one and many, many years to come. A lot of movies to cover yet. Happy anniversary. I feel like honored. I'm here on your anniversary. You're That's our big. year anniversary guest, buddy. Thank you for coming, man. This has Thanks been fun. That's really big. We've been trying to, you know, set this up for a while. You initially were going to be on our contact episode, but yeah. personal stuff crops up. But, yep. And when I said, hey, do you want to do pork? She's like, fuck yeah, that was my childhood. Uh, man, I'd really, I, I would have done anything, but yeah. this, uh, yeah, that movie meant a lot to me because uh, when my dad first bought a VCR, I was only five, too. How messed up is that? <laughs> and we were, he said, all right, we're going to rent three movies. What what kind do you want? And I, my first movie he took me to in the theater was Rambo First Blood. Oh, excellent. So he That's broke fantastic. me in and he, he let me watch whatever I want. And so let's watch funny movies. He goes, okay, Revenge of Nerds is good. Splash. And he goes, oh, this was a great one. You'll like Porky's. So he let his uh, six, five, five Did or six. Did you cover your play. eyes or anything? No. For the nudity? No. And I didn't even know what was going on. I, I would actually, at night, when my parents would fall asleep, I'd sneak and watch Benny Hill. All right. So I was all horned up as a kid. <laughs> I'll never forget my first R-rated movie going to my Aunt Stephanie's house was Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks. Oh my God. That one was my, my first favorite one. movies. Yeah. Oh. Oh, so my, one of my favorite movie characters ever, ever Adrian Zemed is O'Neal. Oh my God, that was mm-hmm. my favorite. Did you have to cover your eyes, Jim, when nudity would come on in front of your parents? No. I, I, can, mean, remember my, my, I can remember my parents telling me, cover your eyes. Sometimes, you know, you know they would say yeah. it sometimes. They'd be like, oh, co- you know, or they'd fast forward or something. But I can Most remember, of the time, no. we had HBO, Cinemax, Showtime, so it was like a kid. I can remember, like, I don't remember the movies were called, but like Cinemax was like, Bikini Car Wash. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, it'd be like 11.30 at night, everybody's in bed, I'm still awake, like, yeah. what am I looking at? <laughs> Emmanuel, she's speaking French, but yeah, wow, Emmanuel. those boobs. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then I, Real I, sex. I can remember yes. pr- probably the first maybe boobs I saw was Dream On on HBO. What a gr- Why that is not on H2O Plus right yeah. now is a shame. Yeah, oh. uh, Dream On and I remember there'd be boobs on that show and I remember after the first time, you'd see that static intro, but I can remember after the first time, I watched Dream On religiously. <laughs> you were dreaming. <laughs> yeah. This final segment of the show, of course, is now called The Waste of Time. That would be a waste of time. Thank you, Anthony. How kind of you to star in Point Break. Damn straight. Which like is weird. Half a scene. Yeah. It should have been Flea. But Le- all, Le- Flea had a shot already. So we don't really talk about anything in particular uh, as we wind down. Kind of just what we've been up to. Jim and I did a uh, a double golf outing yesterday. <sighs> Worst whoa, freaking golf I played and I don't know how long. <sighs> it was fun though. We I did see also movie wise last week. I forgot to mention on our We Are The World podcast. Make sure you check out all of our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Ladies and gentlemen, the numbers are going up, and it's thanks to you. But I saw Footloose from 1984 for the How very first. How did you never first. see that? Never see How? it. How? I don't know How? why. It's an 80s movie that revolves around Kenny Loggins. The law being that you're not allowed to dance. Yeah. 
Ben. It's got Kevin Bacon. I never knew John Lithgow was in it. John Lithgow plays the dad. It was so good. It's really, really good. Can't believe I never seen it. When he teaches them to dance, that whole like montage. Him and Chris Penn. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. So what we're gonna do now when we have a special guest, at least this is the plan. When we have a special guest, I'm gonna throw some rapid fire trivia questions at you, Mike. And Mike, I I think you're a pretty heady guy. I think you're gonna get these. They're not terribly hard, but Bring Let's it on. see. Jim, you keep track of what he gets right. All right, got you. How many are you wrong? doing? Probably five, but we'll see how it goes. Okay. What Bruce Willis film is about a boy who sees dead people? Schindler's List, Something Wild, or The Sixth Sense? Sixth Sense. Which actor was in both A Few Good Men and Jerry Maguire? Cuba Gooding Jr., Nick Nolte, Harvey Keitel. Cuba Gooding Jr. Yes. Uh, Harvey Keitel would have been super weird in those movies. Oh, could you imagine? Show me the money. Who directed Reality Bites in 1994? Was it Gus Van Sant, Ben Stiller, or Ron Howard? Ben Stiller. It was. Who recorded the hit single Loser in 1994? John Cougar Mellencamp, Beck Wilson Pickett. Beck. Wilson Pickett. Wilson Pickett. That great. One, two, three. Who is the lead singer of Corn with K? Reginald Arvazu, James Schaefer, Jonathan Davis. Uh, C. John it is John. Oh, oh my God! Five of five. Five of Whoa. five. Wow. Yeah, I didn't even know that one. Really? Yeah. You're the first member of the Five of Five Club. All right. Who Bingo. wrote? Who wrote Sinead, We'll do a couple bonus. Who wrote Sinead O'Connor's number one hit? Nothing compares to you. Prince, Elvis Costello, Phil Collins. Prince. Yes, it was Prince. Six. What pop star was on Star Search in 1992 but lost? Mandy Moore, Usher, Justin Timberlake. Oh boy, I'm gonna say Usher. No, it was Justin Timberlake. Ooh. Okay, Whoa. So you, six you went six of seven. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Very good, man. I'm I, impressed. I, I knew he was like in the Mickey Mouse Club. So yeah. How could he lose? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Look at him. I mean, he that that boy never has lost in his entire life. No, he's he's doing all right. Yeah, he's doing pretty damn good. It's about time he lost at something. I guess. <laughs> that motherfucker. Yeah. So, Mike, you've got some uh, plans to keep updating the YouTube show. I am. I've been taking a break. I I'm actually working on one now. I got a good cooking video coming out. A big one. I forgot what I cooked. Oh, my famous meatballs on my American Zennial channel. There we go. And the American right. Zennial channel is just, uh, I do reviews, I do uh, uh, unboxings, uh, recipes. Terry's jumping in now. Yeah, I mix it up. Sometimes yeah. I'll have my kid jump in or my wife or, you know, it's just a hodgepodge channel if you're bored. It's American the best. Zennial. It's check, the best. Yeah, Pool Sooners, please check that out. It's, That's, you want, it's uh, American X-E-N-N-I-L. Dash the real Michael Kalenich right there on YouTube, everybody. Thank you, Mike. We've we've had we've enjoyed having you on the podcast to talk porkies. That was the best, man. Thank you. You're welcome, buddy. Thank you for being on the show. I'm glad we finally the stars aligned, and you are here, Jim. Anything going on with you? Uh, nothing much really. Just keeping on uh, thrifting. I'd like to try to find a movie to watch it. Why haven't you watched it? Type movie like Footloose. And then talk about it next week to see what we come up with. Then make you feel like, why the fuck have you just watched this? And why haven't you seen it before? Fair enough. I'm like Swayze dancing to the left of me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've never watched Swayze dancing. Yeah. Nothing going on with me. I, I'm hoping to go. We have a very large flea market outdoor sale called Rogers that I like to frequent when I can. And I think if the weather 
uh, is okay. I might go there Friday Hell and yeah. see what kind of goodies I can come up with. We're having really weird weather. We're now in June. Yeah. And it's either like a week ago, it was almost, it was 38 degrees. My daughters, now, my daughters had a soccer game last weekend that got canceled because of weather, because it was too cold in, in the end of May. Yeah. It was too cold. Which is crazy. Canceled the game. And then it's like two days later, it's 80 degrees. How we don't have tornadoes, I don't know. I don't know either. With such a uh, a clash from cold to hot and vice versa. And plus, you sound a lot better now. I do. I you feel sound a lot better now. 90% better. 99% better. And your maybe. taste buds have almost come all the almost. way back. Some stuff tastes real weird. Like some stuff that I like and I'm used to eating, I'll eat. And I'm like, this tastes different weird. weird strange and then i'll like let my wife taste something and she'll be like no it tastes fine and i'm like it's just me <laughs> what's the one thing they said cilantro have you tried that yet yeah i've eaten cilantro after, after recently yeah, yeah and it tastes like cilantro. it seems fine okay yeah. that's the yeah. one thing i heard that's the barometer well i know that there's some uh youtube hacks and stuff that help you get there with like coffee grounds and like smelling some thir- certain things i mean i'm happy to be smelling and tasting most things at this point right but the fact that like i said some stuff is off is weird so i'm I'm hoping that's not permanent and it'll be but it's the fact that you came back from the literal brink yeah and you're we're still here one year later everybody on the podcast yeah yeah so tune in next week same pool scene channel (laughs) same bad time i was trying to do same bad time same Same bad bad channel channel. i'm like same pool time same pool channel close enough silencia (laughs) 